0: We didn't even talk about today, but I think everybody needs to, especially today, um, engage in is trading Um, because God wants to make a covenant with us, and when we trade, we're sowing and reaping, and so we go and we trade um, for more of him, for more intimacy, for more love. Um, you can trade for anything, but that's the best trade. <laughs> and so um, today especially, uh, I want you to think about what you have, the things that, that are precious to you. And most of us, the things that we have that we know we could give that is a sacrifice is money. <laughs> um, most of us know that. Um, but there are other things that, that you can give to God. And so it can be something in your heart. It could be something that he's given you in the heavenly realm. So it could be something that, you know, a special necklace or, you know, I don't know. Um, But I want to read a scripture to you that has to do with this. And uh, especially, I just felt like uh, he was was trying to teach us about a new way. And a new way is an ancient way, okay? But it's a new way to us. And it's a new way. It was a new way to... um, to disciples even, but um, the disciples in the Old Testament were always, always learning about the Father, and they passed down these stories from generation to generation. And um, a disciple is not just someone who um, studied under Jesus, though they were disciples. A disciple is someone who learns and grows and then helps others to learn and grow. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who makes disciples. And in uh, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah was a prophet. And that means he was someone who heard from the Lord and spoke that out. And uh, in Isaiah, he was speaking this from God. And it says, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come and buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. So what he's wanting us to do is go and eat what really satisfies us. And we can go and buy this this food that satisfies, which is the love that he gave to David. He's wanting to make an everlasting covenant, a covenant that doesn't end. He's wanting to say, if you you come and you trade into this, I'm going to give you an everlasting covenant that means I will pour out my love for you. And I will give you something that never ends and never fails. And so if you have, if you have something to trade today, there are these baskets up here, okay? Um, you're welcome to give in these baskets. But the most important thing is that you give with your heart to God. That you're not giving to the church, that you're giving to God and it's really important that you give a pure sacrifice, that you say, I'm coming to trade in for more intimacy and more love. And so any time you feel, you can do it anytime time. If, if there's something especially that something maybe I, I would say that I say, but really the Holy Spirit will have to be the one saying it. Um, when the Holy Spirit says something that stirs something up in you and you're like, yes, Lord. I I want that, or I need more of this, I need more of you, because all that I'm going to talk about today is more love, more intimacy with God, and a new way of living, and so if you find that that resonates with you, and you just are going, yes, Lord, that's when you go and trade. So you trade in and you make that covenant. And so you just say, yes, Lord, I'm going to give what I have. And so for me, you know, I like to keep just multiple dollar bills in my, <laughs> in my purse for trading. Because it doesn't matter about the money that you give. It's about your heart before God. And so I like to get up a few times to trade into what God's doing. <laughs> and so it seems a little strange, but um, feel free anytime to just get up and trade. Because you're trading in for an everlasting covenant. Okay, that really wasn't the whole um, sermon this morning. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to make that clear that this is something that's really important, especially today. Because it's important every day. But you're always wanting to trade in for that love. More love. And so I hope everyone here can say with a pure heart, I want more intimacy with God. Um, because that's what we're going to talk about. I think, unfortunately, um, the church, and when I say the church, I mean really basically since Constantine um, many, many years ago. He kind of changed everything with the church. And when that happened, a lot of intimacy flew out the window. And um, there's a different way, and you will see it throughout the scriptures. All the scriptures, what they do is they point to God. And, you know, I heard someone say um, yesterday, I was in Oklahoma City at a little conference, and he said, the Holy Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Scriptures. Oh, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, right? And I was like, oh, okay, that, we got us. You know, like that's that's what we've made it out to be. And I want to say there's a verse um, that I found actually just today that I'd never even heard before and so I'd love to read it to you um, because it was kind of a okay uh, for me Um, and this is something that Jesus said and he said in John chapter 5 verse 39 and 40 he said you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Right? <laughs> it was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, we go all the time to the Holy Scriptures expecting to find life. And the only way we can have life is with that true intimacy with him. The Holy Scriptures are supposed to point us to him. And so... um, If we live outside of the Spirit, we're not going to experience any of the things. Just like, you know, you said the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Okay, so all of these things are fruit of the Spirit. This is not fruit of the flesh, this is not something that we should try to do. We can't try to love God. We can't. It has to come from the Spirit. And so it's really important that we have... This is really bothering me. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, I think it's really important that we have an understanding of how to interact with the Spirit of God. Because if we don't have any idea how that Spirit changes us, we're going to be doing all of these things, trying real hard to be nice, trying real hard to be kind, trying to be gentle, trying to be loving. We can't love God without the spirit doing it. It's a fruit of the spirit. Now, here's something <coughs> maybe you guys have heard before, but Jesus came to teach us a new way that is was the ancient way that God tried to release to all of humanity. He said, eat from the tree of life, not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, here's what the church has done for a long time. We've understood that we don't want to eat from the tree of the knowledge of evil, right? Okay, so we have gone, no, no, that's bad. Okay, nope, not doing that evil. Don't, don't eat from that tree. But we will eat from the tree of good all day long. Right. How many times have you have you done something and you're like, but this is good and this is bad. So let's choose good, you know, but we are not choosing God. And the difference is knowing um, not only what's good, but what is God. And so when we choose to eat from the tree of life, the life giving tree, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So you have to eat from the tree of life, the tree of life. And so this life is the only way you can do that is by doing what he is doing. That is what is what is God, not what is good. That's what is life. And so Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. It's funny you said that when you were praying because that's what God is, has really put on my heart, which is hilarious. I was just talking to Dustin today. Okay, here's a little background story of me so I minister all the time <laughs> um, I really do all the time I'm gonna cry here um, I pour out a lot all the time and I God is my first priority not ministry even though ministry is from God <laughs> God is my first priority and I was my Sabbath he God told me to take a sabbath every friday night starting at sundown to saturday at sundown a time that's set aside for rest and for him and what has happened has been that i have gotten some rest uh, i have gotten a lot of family which is part of my rest okay Part of my rest, actually, is just being with my family. That's really restful for me. But I've gotten very little of God in my Sabbath. And every time I minister, I spend time with God. I mean, one of the things that God has shown me, who I am, my purpose, he's shown me that it's to lead people into the heavenly places. And so the good thing about that is I'm always getting time with God when I'm ministering, right? And so I'm all the time having experiences with him while I'm doing it. But... I want, like, just my own me time with God. And so I start out my day every day with that, but it's not enough for me. And so um, even though I'm ministering throughout the day and and being with God in those times, um, I just want more. I want more of him. I want more intimacy. I want more everything, like whatever he has for me. That's what I want. And so um, I was given this opportunity to go to Oklahoma City for a really get up at 5 a.m., get back at 2 a.m. kind of day. And it was to see this speaker who I've wanted to see for a long time. Who um, His name is Ian Johnson. He's from New Zealand, and he um, he teaches on the kingdom and heavenly realms and all that stuff, which is right up my alley. And uh, so anyway, I was excited about the opportunity, but I was also like, eh, rest though, you know, and so I was like, I don't know if I should go or I shouldn't go, and, um, I was really seeking God, and I couldn't figure it out, and he always tells me what to do, and finally, he just said, you choose, and I'm like, well, that's not easy, and so it wasn't easy for me, and I even texted Dustin, like, thinking Dustin would choose for me, and that didn't happen either, (laughs) and, uh, so I kept, uh, you know, going back and forth. I don't know. I really want to rest and be with my family, but I really need more time with God. And so, I, don't, you know, maybe this would not be restful. And so anyway, I decided in the end that I need to be poured into as much as I pour into other people. And so I would go. So I went and um, <laughs> what happened was immediately... God starts showing me everything, um, you know, I'm running into somebody, and I'll, I know everything about their life, and it's like, okay, God, not today. This is what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm not here to minister. I'm here just to receive, and so i am I'm seeing this, and I'm like, not now, you know, and he's showing me something else about somebody, and I'm like not now you know this is what I'm doing in my spirit but I can't like not do it and so anytime I see him doing something I have to do it and that's just how I am and it's just what you're saying about every time I see the father doing something that's what I do and um, that's what Jesus said and that's how I am and and so he's so I can't help it but I'm ministering the whole day and um, I'm at this conference and it's somebody else like a whole nother congregation it's not even a congregation it's a big conference thing so but at this other place and God even tells me, go up and and give him a word. And I'm like, ah, not now. You know, this is how I am. like, I am here to blend in and not be in the front. And that's that's what I was there for. And um, anyway, through the whole thing, God showed me that I don't need anyone to pour into me. I need him to pour into me. And I need to just do what I see him doing. And that's who I am. And that's what I'm supposed to do. And every day, that's what it's going to be like. And it's not a bad thing. And so part of me growing up and into intimacy is really learning that I need to throw aside these these things that the world has told us. Or To me, some of the world is the church. Okay, so some of the church has told us, you need to go and receive from other people. Truthfully, that's a load of crap. Okay, so it's not true. I mean... You can receive from each other when we are working together in the body, ministering together with him as the head. But as long as you go to somebody else for your feeding, you're going to miss it. You're eating from the tree of good and evil again. And so we have to go and eat from the tree of life. And the only way to do that is to receive from him and him alone. Listen to some speaker isn't going to help you out. I mean, if you go and today you receive a word, you're like, yes, I received so much from God. And then you go the next Sunday and you're like, yes, I received so much from God. And then they're like, really, what happened during the week? Man, this week sucked. This was just a bad, you know, (laughs) this isn't how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that every day you're eating from the tree of life. Every day you are having intimate relationships with God. Because here's the thing. There's the scripture that I'm sure all of you have heard. Where these people said to God, God, I did this in your name. I did this in your name. I prophesied in your name. I, I laid hands on people. I did this. I did all these things in your name. And he said, get away from me. I never knew you. And this is something that we've probably all heard. But I want you to analyze your heart and say, do I know God or am I just good? Is this something that I know? I know him? Like, do you see him? Do you? I mean, the church has has said for a long time, do you hear him? But do you see him? Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. If you're not seeing him and you're not coming face to face with him, do you know him? You know, I met my husband online. Uh, when we first met, it was... Through an online thing because of some connection in this town that I was ministering in and, and this church she went to Bible camp with and um, and we got to know each other real well online but it was not the same as being in person and as much as I like being with him far away I like better being with him in person and even when he was overseas you know we still had a relationship we got to talk we got to, you know, throw text back, back and forth. But being with him is different. Huh? We had about three, or four years of training. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Um, and I think that for a long time, we have been in an online relationship with God, if you know what I mean. Um, we've had this very distant, I hope I can get to know him. I hope he can get to know me even though he created you. Um, sometimes you even think, I hope I can get to know myself through texting him. <laughs> you know, um, we try to find our identity in this long distance relationship. And he's, Jesus came and said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And literally in the Hebrew meaning of it, it means is it, it's as close as your hand is to your face. Okay, so if if the kingdom of heaven is here, it's not there. Literally, the Holy Spirit, if you believe, and you came and you said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord, which means my boss. I want you to be my boss. I want to follow you, and I want to be like you. If you did that, and you were really genuine, there was a time when the Holy Spirit, which is his spirit, came to live inside of you. And you're asking, come, come here, God. Come to us, God. Please come to us. Rain down on us, God. And he's going, hello, right here, right inside of you. Just look, just pay attention. And instead, we're like trying to call in his presence as if we're not in his presence already. We are all the time in his presence, y'all. Every time you step into the shower, you're in his presence. Every time that you walk down the street and you see a dude, you're in his presence. You've got him right there. He's with you all the time. He's saying, tap into me, and that's how you're going to have joy happened to me and that's how you're going to love that guy everything that we have comes from the spirit everything we try to get comes from the world and so quit trying quit trying and just receive what he has for you go and say God I want more I want more of you I know you're in me but I gotta feel you I gotta see you I want it He says, if you knock, I will open the door to you. Knock. Just knock and say, I need it. I want more. Okay, I have more. I'm sorry. I keep (laughs) getting off. But you know what? Um, There's nothing more than he wants than to have intimacy. So think about an intimate relationship with a person. Can you have true intimacy with them when you're apart? When you're apart. Can we be intimate, Dustin, when we're, you know, you're across the world? It's really hard. It's like barely there. Every time he would come back from war... We would call it our, like, second and third marriage. <laughs> We'd be like, this is our second marriage where we're trying to figure out who you are again. And, you know, it was hard. And every time he'd come back again, it would be like starting over again. And that intimacy, it's just not there when you're far away. And he's trying to say, I want to be one with you. And, you know, if you have a problem with the idea of being one with God, take it up with him, because it was written in the scriptures. And he said, the one thing he prayed, this was powerful to me, he prayed, I want them to be one with me like I'm one with you. And I want them to know the love that you have for for them so that they will be one with each other. You can't have unity and you can't have intimacy without being together. And if you're wondering how, just close your eyes and ask him to show up. It is really that simple. You know, I have people all the time who say, well, but how do you go to the heavenly realms? Y'all are making it too hard. Like, this isn't hard. It's so simple that any baby does it. I mean, you wonder, these little kids who, like, see in the spirit, and it's because it's easy. It's not something that's hard. All it is is faith. Faith is just believing that something actually exists that you can't see. Right? Right? Most people believe the air exists, and they're not seeing it anywhere. If you really believe, you truly believe that God will show up for you, he will. Test him. He will show up every single time. If you say, God, but you said that these people would be healed if they ask, well, if he said, he will show up. You just have to believe it. Most of the time what we do is we go, well, I really hope that something happens if I touch him. You know, it's like some sort of, I don't really believe it's going to happen, but maybe it might, but probably not. That's what people do. Really? I mean, this is what we do with everything with God. We just kind of have this, well, I don't know if I can muster up enough hope and faith All you got to do is just say, yes, God, you said it. So prove it. He will every time. You're not being a jerk to him. He's like, I want to show up for you. He said he wants to show up. So just say, do it. Show up. Every time he has sent all of these. Okay, I'm going to get a little bit weird in, I mean, out of the box. Maybe I've already done that, but. It's going to get bigger. You know, we come here. Do you guys realize that there are, when we're asking for heaven, we're asking, we want on earth as it is in heaven? Do you guys actually want that? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna ask. Rachel says yes, Kim says yes. Okay, if you actually want that, how would it be for you if you experienced um, these saints, these uh, people who've gone before, that they were showing up here? Would it freak you out? Because this is how it is in heaven. And honestly, when I look around, I don't say this to a lot of people, but now I'm saying it to y'all, I see. I see that. I see them here. I see angels here. We have an angel that we interact with who's the angel of the church. I don't know if you know that that exists. Read throughout the Bible and every church has an angel. But you can interact with these because it's on earth as it is in heaven. If you want to see, you can see. It's what you turn your attention to that you experience in life at all. Have you ever gotten a car? And you like, okay, here's the thing. I got a Mazda 5, I think, from you, Ivan. Isn't that right? yes, (laughs) Ivan's my man for cars, anyway, um, (laughs) it does still run, it's amazing, Um, so this Mazda 5, um, it's a crossover, I never knew this car existed until Ivan sold it to me, Um, sold it to us, but uh, (laughs) this was something, I was looking for another minivan, because you know, we have a big family. And so uh, he's like, but wait, what about this? It has three rows. And so anyway, we go and we look at this Mazda 5, decide this is the car for us. And so um, we got this Mazda 5. Never seen this car before in my life. All of a sudden, I am seeing Mazda 5s everywhere. And I'm like, well, there's one. It looks just like my car. Oh, there's one. It's a different color. And all of a sudden, now I see Mazda 5s everywhere. It's not that they didn't exist before that is that my attention wasn't turned toward it. And I didn't have anything that I was thinking about that had to do with Mazda 5s. And so all of a sudden, now I'm seeing Mazda 5s everywhere. This is how it is in the Lord. If you turn your attention toward it, then you start to experience it, and you start to see it. Most of the time, we're turning our attention to our bills and our work and our kids and, and whatever else we have in this life. And we're not really turning our attention To the Lord and his ways and his things and the heavenly things. And so if you want to see, turn your attention to it. I mean, just start going, okay, I kind of want to pay attention. That's what Kim and I used to do. I mean, all the time, that's what we would do. We'd come and sit on the steps and pray. Okay, well, our idea of praying and other people's idea of praying is quite different. So (laughs) Kim and I, what we do is we turn our attention to God. That's what it is. I don't know. I've always been like that. Kim too, I guess. And so, anyway, we just turn our attention to God, and that's how we pray. We just press in. Uh, There's no other way to explain it. But he starts showing you things. And so, you know, some people have said that we were, you know, prophets because of that. Everyone can have the gift of prophecy, but not have the office of prophet. And so if you are wanting... To be prophetic, uh, I is press in. It's that easy. I mean, someone says, well, here, tell me something about my life. And I say, I'm not a crystal ball. And <laughs> at the same time, if I press in, I'll find out. I mean, God shows me. It's just what you turn your attention to. And so this is why, you know, years ago, some of you were around when we did the source at the other building. What's that other building? Yeah, okay, it was on the hillside. Yeah, journey of the way, yeah. Anyway, and I would always stand on the side to pray with people. And God always showed up for people. And I'll tell you one reason is because as I pray, I press in to see what God sees. And so it's just I can't even help it. That's what I do. And so as someone's praying, they are shocked that I'm praying for all the things that they never told me. And it's not because I'm some miracle worker, except for maybe because God is, but he's the one who's just showing it to me. And so I see these things and I pray for those things. And that's what we have to do. We press in and we focus on what God wants us to focus on. And the only way to have true intimacy with God is time and attention. And so... Take your time and turn your attention to him. Just ask and receive. He's wanting us to be one with him. Do you know that for a long time, I thought this was so hard. I was like, I don't understand how to be one with God. How do I be, I don't even know how to be one with my husband. We're supposed to be one and we're going toward this oneness. And what does that even mean? And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who struggles with this, but it's, <laughs> it's hard to, to figure out, you know, um, because you're two different people. And anyway, um, it's not about becoming God. It's about being totally and utterly connected to where everything you do flows from that place. And, you know, there are many times when I'm not feeling the oneness. <laughs> um, I will lose my temper. I will start thinking about how to cook this stupid meal, you know, something like that, and, and I'm, my attention is not on God. And so I, I lose that oneness for a moment. The truth is, I've never really lost it. I'm just not pressing into it. And it's just like with my husband, you know, even if I'm not feeling at one moment, it doesn't mean that it's not there. It just means that I'm not pressing into it. And so when we press into it, then it's beautiful. It's Just most of us don't take the time to do it. And so anyway, I guess my word today is there's a better way And it doesn't have to do with religion. The spirit of religion is what keeps us away from God. And this is something that's probably taken me years to really, truly understand. As much as I think I understand it at one point, then all of a sudden I go, What, God? I thought I didn't have you in a box. And I realize I have them in a box again. And what religion says is you have to do this and you have to do it this way. And this is how one achieves righteousness. There's an individual way for you. The way only is Jesus. But it's going to look different for you than it looks for me. And for people, I get a lot of people because I teach, I teach a lot of people. I think I've talked about this before. But I, I have this class online where I teach a lot of people. And um, some are live. Some are doing it by video. Um, but man, all the time people try to make me their guru. They're not getting it. <laughs> um, it's clear when that happens that they're not getting it. Because we can't source from other people. We have to source from God. And if you try to source from someone else to get your nourishment, your sustenance, your love, your kindness, your goodness, your breakthrough, you know, it's, you're going to be failed every time. And it's not because those people stink. It's because that's not how we were meant to source. We're supposed to source from the tree of life, which is Jesus only. And so if we will source from that, when I say Jesus, let me be clear it is really the Godhead, okay? Um, you know, we just sang the Godhead three in one Father, Spirit, Son, right? Not Holy Scriptures, Holy Spirit. Anyway, um, when we source from God We receive all that we ever need And if you don't know him and you're pretending Or maybe you're like, I just Takes too much work to do that It doesn't take any work I used to forever feel guilty about not reading my Bible enough That was from the devil Okay, God has never said you must read your Bible 5 times a day every day in order to be with me. He has never said it. Now let me tell you, these scriptures are amazing. I love them. They they really bring me closer to God because I see what God is like. And if anyone says, well here, go to God like this and it does not resonate with what I know about God in the scriptures, you know, I, I reject it because the scriptures are what show me what he's like. And, but the thing is, the weird thing about God, it's weird and wonderful, but, you know, we don't see throughout the scriptures a burning bush experience and then another burning bush experience and then another burning bush experience. And everybody goes, well, I, I just want a burning bush experience. Well, God kind of doesn't work like that. If you haven't noticed... He shows up in different ways all the time. And it's crazy. I mean, if you even just look at Moses' life alone, oh my goodness, you guys. I'm serious. Okay, so first of all, he like in the middle of nowhere shows up and is in this burning bush thing. And then he's like, take off your feet. I mean, take off, not your feet. That'd be really weird. (laughs) Take off your sandals. Oh, take this staff, and when you throw it down, it'll turn into a snake. You know, it's like, what? And then all these things. Then he's going, and he's like, oh, yeah, there's a big sea here, and all these people are chasing you. Now here's what you do. You just put your staff into the water, and then it's all going to move to the side for you. Okay, God. You know, I can't even imagine being Moses like, are you serious? I have to go to this pharaoh again? Again, I just said that yesterday, you know, and just like, really, you are saying that you're gonna kill all the firstborn if they don't turn. God, are you crazy? What, you're telling us we have to rub lamb blood on our doorposts till we get avoided? That is weird. I mean, he's showing up in weird stuff just in Moses' life. Then they're in the desert. He's like, just follow me because I'll show you by smoke and by fire where to go okay so we'll follow the fire so they follow the fire we don't have any food we're in the desert well if you'll just go every day I'll give you some food that'll come down from heaven and you're like really this is food okay we'll eat it and then they try to gather enough to save it and he's like no every day you have to go gather it. okay I don't understand I mean every time this is just one guy's life Who's following God? You know, throughout the Bible, they're like, okay, so you're going to speak through a donkey? You know, I mean, there's, it's crazy, you guys. And so there are these things that I have people, you know, a bunch of religious people come and go, oh, that is not right what she's teaching. Really? How can you say such a thing? And I'm like, you don't know him. You don't know that guy. Because God is crazy. He's like the one he's the guy he's like way crazier than me and I am trying to be like him but it's hard to be that crazy (laughs) it is it is so hard because you know what he just he does weird stuff and you know one time I was engaging in heaven and this is it was weird for me and there are times when I'm like really God I, I do that sometimes he gave me every day he has a gift for you I don't know if you know this he has a gift for you every day if you seek him. And he wants to give you this spiritual gift. Well, it can be anything. It could be a sword or it could be a book or it could, I don't know. It's all sorts of different things. And you get used to the weirdness in heaven. I mean, once you're there for a while, you get used to it. And at first you're like, he told me to eat a scroll? What? And you don't eat paper. And so this is how you react. I reacted at first when I was engaging in heaven. And then I saw, oh, it's in the scriptures. That's amazing. And so, anyway, um, but at first it was so strange. Um, and heaven was strange because I wasn't uh, focused there, I was focused here. And so once I started focusing there, then it, all the strange became normal. And so now when someone says, I oh, don't know, this is really weird, I'm like, Just give it to me. You know, like this is, it's not even going to be weird anymore. But this one day I'm asking for this gift in heaven. Jesus, what do you have for me today? And he gave me a cartoon dog. And I was like, really? Cartoon dog? What am I supposed to do with that? This is weird. Because everything there I just see like normal. Well, I mean, not like normal, but it's not like a drawing kind of thing. This is strange. And so... I was like, okay, whatever you say. So I just kind of put it to the side. And <laughs> okay, he gave me this house in heaven too. So sometimes I put stuff in this house. So I put the dog in the house. And this is weird. I know it sounds so strange, but believe me, you go there and you get it. But When you're in heaven, he'll give you things. And so he gave me this house that I can go and just spend time with him in. So I go there. I can also put all my spiritual gifts that he gives me in this house. And so it makes sense. The scriptures, you know, store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy, right? And so, yeah, we're supposed to store up treasures in heaven. Believe it or not, the scriptures say it. And so so I put this dog in the house. And I realized, like, every time I'm spending time with Jesus laying on this couch this little cartoon dog comes up and like cuddles with us. It's weird. And it became really like, okay, dog, you know, come on. And then one day, God told me to trade in this dog for more of him. And I'm like, I actually got kind of attached to this cartoon dog. And I'm like, okay, God, you know whatever you want you know I don't love the dog as much as you and so I trade in the dog and then he gives me a realistic looking dog (laughs) instead of the cartoon dog and I was like okay but I still don't know what I'm to do with the dog and I'm not even a dog person here on the earth we have a dog but I mean Linda can say I'm not like the dogs love me but you know doesn't mean I'm like a big, oh, I've been dogs. I've never been that person. But in the heavenly realms, he's shown me that there are certain things that he gives us for our enjoyment. And there are other things he gives us as tools, other things he gives us to learn about. I mean, there are lots of things for ministry, for warfare, you know, all of this. But he gives us things to enjoy. And so one of the things that I'm supposed to have to enjoy is this dog. And, um... What is funny is that even though I'm enjoying these things, it's always bringing me closer to Jesus. I'm trusting more. He does these things for for us to trust. Like, it was a step of faith to trust that he gave me a cartoon dog. It was, that in itself is a step of faith. I mean, you guys, sometimes you experience things and you're like, but God, really? Is this actually real? And he's going, do you believe me or not? And sometimes I'm telling you, he tells you to do weird stuff. He tells you to take this staff and throw it on the ground and turn it into a snake. And you just have to go, I don't understand. I don't want to do this. Okay. You know, and you have to just step out and believe. And the more you believe, the more he starts entrusting you with things. And so the more... It becomes easy. Like, I've had people who say, well, we just want every time, you know, the kingdom to come so that every time someone lays hands on the sick, they're healed. And someone said that the other day. And I was just like, every time I lay hands on the sick, they're healed. This is, and it's not something that's because of me. I mean, I'm not doing anything, but I do pay attention when God tells me to do it not. And so here's, here's something I was going to say this before. Pay attention to what God is saying to do and not to do. Because when someone asks for prayer, it does not mean necessarily that you're supposed to be the one praying for them. Or that it's their time for healing. Do you remember there was a guy who, um, two of the disciples after Jesus um, was resurrected and and ascended. They were walking along the road, went to the temple or to the place with a beautiful gate. Do you remember this? I'm sure you do. Um, beautiful gate. And there was this guy who uh, was crippled. And he was asking for money at the gate every day for 30 years, is what it said. So every day that you go in, you will see this guy asking for money. Jesus went through this gate many times saw the guy begging, saw that he was crippled and did not heal him because it wasn't his time and it wasn't his purpose. When those two disciples came through that day, it was his time and it was their purpose. And so if someone comes and asks you to pray for them and lay hands on them or whatever, do not feel compelled just because you love them because you can love somebody and it's not their time or it's not your time and so there are times when you know someone says come on pray for and i'm just like "I, i really love them so much but i have to sit here and it's not because i'm not caring it's because i do what i see the father doing and i try to pay attention and so do that don't feel like every time you have to do it but every time god tells you to do it do it and then he'll show up and so if you're wondering why do i lay hands on people and they're not healed it's probably because he didn't tell you to do it if he tells you to do it he will do it that's why when i'm there are times when i'm sitting here when god will tell me there are certain people like uh, that one i don't know a couple Yeah, like uh, in the lower left back, somebody's needing healing. He showed me this. I did not want to say it out loud. It's weird. And I did it anyway. And I thought, if nobody nobody says anything, that's on God because he's the one who said this. So this is what I'm... I'm just like blaming God. God, if nobody comes forward, that's on you because you're the one who said to do it. So came forward and I said okay lo and behold there are like five people in this tiny little group who needed it and so they come up and I know for sure people were healed and it's only because and I don't know if everyone was because I don't know if everyone was supposed to come up that time but I know for sure that I was supposed to come up and I know for sure that somebody with a lower back problem had to come up and so I know somebody was healed And it's every time this happens, if you pay attention to what he's saying. And if you don't know how to pay attention, again, press in. Just turn your attention there. Start turning your attention there all the time. And then you'll know. And it will become easier. Because at first, I didn't know how to hear from God. I remember somebody telling me, you know, old-style telephones, you young ones probably don't remember. Anyway, <laughs> um, old he remembers the Old-style telephones, like, uh, where we didn't have caller ID. Anybody remember that? Yes? Okay, so when we didn't have caller ID, somebody would call, and you're just like, phone's ringing. So you run to the phone. Now we're, like, ignoring. Anyway, um, <laughs> but we run to the phone. We're like, hello? And then they start talking, but they don't tell us who it is. And we're, like, trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah, okay, that's who it is. After a while, you, like, get some clues in their voice and figure it out. Some people, like my dad, if he would call, I would know every time it's my dad. Then there would be other people who would call, and I'm like, I have no idea who this is. And I'd be trying to figure it out for a long time. Who is this who's talking to me? I know you. You think I know you, and I don't know who it is. And this is how it is with our relationship with God. The more we hear their voice, the more we start recognizing the voice. And it's the same with God. The more we we start turning into that, turning into that, like turning your attention into it, the more we start turning into that, the more we start, it becomes familiar. And so it's easy to hear. It's easy to see. At first, it's hard. It's hard for everyone at first. You just have to practice. And you know, I read this book when I was younger called The Practice of the Presence of God. And it was by Brother Lawrence. He actually didn't write it. People wrote it about him because he was just this guy who always is in the presence of God. And he talked about, he wrote letters to people talking to them about how to do it. And he said, every time you're washing dishes, you pay attention to the presence of God. And every time, and you just practice, and then it becomes easy. And so that's what kind of formed the foundation of my faith is, I was, okay, all the time, I'm just going to turn in and practice, practice the presence. And so you're not practicing manifesting the presence that's in you already. You're practicing turning into it, you know, turning your attention there. And so anyway, I don't really know how long this went. And I'm sorry if it went too long or not long enough, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't not long enough. Just um, Just right. <laughs> just right. God wants us to turn our attention into him. And he wants to give us everything we need. Just like that scripture said, you know, take the money you don't have and buy the things you need. I mean, isn't that funny? Take what you have and buy. So trade in for a covenant. A covenant is a two-way agreement. It's not just you agreeing. It's God agreeing. And he's the one who said in that scripture that he wants to make an everlasting covenant with you to pour out the love that he showed David. If you know King David, he was a man after God's own heart and he was madly in love with God. And so if you want to have that covenant relationship, take what you have And buy it. Okay. Let's press in. Focus your heart and mind on on Jesus right now. Holy Spirit. Pour out from us right now. Open our eyes and our hearts. Please. We want to experience you. And we know that it was promised that if we press in, that you will come and you will answer us. And so right now we're asking for more presence. We want the presence to overcome us. Not be hidden inside, but be released into our life. And we want to press into life himself, Jesus. Jesus, we focus on you right now. we stand at the door and we just want to turn the knob and open the door to you. Take our hand and lead us into this intimate place where we can be with you and eat from the tree of life. Drink the living water that you promised so we would never be thirsty again. Take us to the water right now. In heaven there is a tree of life and right next to it is this river of life and it's the the living water and Jesus takes us in and says, drink deep. Sometimes he'll have you floating in the water with him or diving down deep. Sometimes just putting your feet in and enjoying the time with him. Sometimes he'll have you eat from the tree. And what happens when you eat from the tree is you become fully nourished. And his ways are released into you through the Spirit. Jesus, we believe in the things that we don't see on earth because we're using our spiritual eyes. And so we're going to believe and trust even when we don't see And so by faith we take the fruit on the tree and we ask that you just fill us with your love as we eat. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus, I know you have a gift for us. So right now we ask for that gift, whatever you feel we need today. As you receive a gift from him, just treasure whatever he gives to you. I just saw Jesus gathering us all together in the Father's arms wrapping all around us. This is the unity he's talking about. We want to be one with you so we can be one with each other. We love the love, the love that comes from the Spirit and the joy. We know true healing comes from being in the living water. Immerse our bodies in your love. Bring us healing in every part of us. We want to be pure just because we want to reflect you. Thank you for your goodness. We would trade everything for more love for you. Anything this world has, we we would give for you. And anything you ask us to give, we will give for you. Thank you, Jesus. We ask that you seal this time in your blood so that nothing can penetrate from the outside world and destroy this love that has come from you. And we want to drink deep from the well and the spirit and not from that in this world. Please just keep our eyes focused on you. Keep our heart turned toward you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.